have your Bibles and you want to go go along, study along with me, go ahead and uh, open them up to the book of Ephesians 6, the 6th chapter, and we'll read from there in a minute. In the last months, we've been in chapter 5 and dealing with the new walk and the expectancy of the new Christian, or the new convert, if you will. In particular, we have been dealing with the family unit and the roles of the mother and father, husband and wife, all within the family. But today... As we start the new chapter, the thought continues from chapter 5. Nothing changes. The thought continues, but we're going to start to deal with the rest of the family and how their lives are influenced and guided by the Word of Yahweh. So the children are the subject today. And what a wonderful part of the family they are. Thankful for my children. Got five of them. Very, very thankful for what Yahweh has blessed me with. And so... um, and I've got one grandchild, Ava Lou. She's sitting back there. and I'm thankful that she's here too. So I have a lot of experience in raising children. I've done a lot of it. All mine are just about grown. My youngest is 17 years old, and they go up from there. I won't call out ages so I don't embarrass nobody, but I've got five of them. And uh, I've, I've, I've done a lot of, I guess, raising kids. I've got a little bit of experience in it. And I could probably tell you some do's and don'ts, and I might even be pretty accurate. And some of my advice, but we are ever learning. We are ever learning. And I still need some education too. Raising children is not easy. So, um, but because we are ever learning, I can't think of a better place to get my education than from the scriptures. Wouldn't it seem smart to go to the factory to get the owner's manual? You know, uh, well, Yahweh's not only the maker of all things, He's also the sustainer of all things. And if I need direction on something that He created, it seems best for me to consult His Word on the matter. So that's what we're going to do today. Let's let's read the first four verses of chapter 6, and then we'll kind of get into it. So Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 1, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, because this is right. Honor Honor your father and mother, which is the first command, with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may have a long life in the land. And fathers, don't stir up anger in your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Children, obey your parents in the Lord because this is right. You wouldn't think there would be a need to say any more than that. The statement is clear. It's pretty explicit. You do this because this is what you're supposed to do. I shouldn't have to elaborate. Obey your parents for this is right. Pretty simple, I would think. You press the gas because that's what makes the car go. You turn on the oven because that's how you bake things. You wear shoes because that's what protects your feet. You put on clothes because we're to cover our nakedness. Children, you obey your parents because this is right. It's that simple. That's all that needs to be said. It's not all I will say, but it's all I need. All needs to be said. Notice this command is for the children. And it's not for the parents. Okay? So if you're a child in here, if you have parents, and we all do, then listen to me. Obey your parents because it is right. It is the right thing to do. For the little ones in here, that means when mom and dad tell you to do something or not to do something, then you do as you're told because Yahweh says this is what you're supposed to do. For the older kids in here, this is for you. Obey your parents. Even if you think you know more than they do. It's what Yahweh deems as right. And for the oldest children in the here, those of you who already have 
your own children. Obey your parents, for that's what's right. Folks, there's no age stipulation on this matter. There's no age stipulation in this Scripture. It's just a direct command to obey your parents. Somebody may say, well, my mother my father don't know as much as me. Or they've instructed me in the past, maybe wrong. But the Bible just says to obey your parents in the Lord. Obey them. Instructions and examples for fathers and mothers are given all throughout the Scriptures. If our parents are Bible-believing and practicing people, then the instructions should be in line. That's the idea. Don't get me wrong. They may not always get it right. And they may not always be perfect. Parents aren't perfect people. We're people. We're sinful people. We don't get it all right all the time. Okay? But that's not what this is about. This verse is not talking about obey your parents if they're right or obey your parents if if they get it all right. It just says obey your parents. Children, obey your parents. So I'm going to deal with both parties, both parents and children, throughout this lesson because it pertains to us all. But parents, I'll deal with, well, I will deal with the parents first. What's going on with our children today? What's wrong? What's happened? Where have we dropped the ball? What went wrong? Where have we missed it? Biblical standards have fallen by the wayside. Children are disobedient. Parents are disobedient. It's more popular to be your kid's friend today than it is to be their guardian or their provider or the leader or their leader in righteousness. There is no time, no Bible time spent at home between two parents, much less between parents and children. The education of the Scripture has been removed. Children's don't, children don't attend church. Parents don't attend church. And when and if they do, it's for social reasons most of the time, or to save face, or simply because they're bored and it's the only place that's open on Sunday morning that early. <clears throat> we have lost our children to an influential world because we have let it be okay to become lazy and complacent in the Word of Yahweh. We've allowed that in our homes. I guess we could just blame it on the children, but we're in charge of the children. So why is it that they are all little reprobates? Why are all of our children little reprobates? I can tell you why. It's because it's more important to us as parents to succeed in life, to to keep up with the Joneses, to achieve worldly goods, to build names for ourselves, to live in grand estates, and to drive fancy cars than it is to deal with the children that Yahweh has given us. We put those things first, and therefore we lose on the backside. It's more popular to keep up with our high school buddies on Facebook, or go out on girls' nights, or go out on the guys' nights out, than it is to stay home and educate your children in the Word of Yahweh. It's more important to do those kind of things. I'm not saying it's wrong to have friends and to do things occasionally. Don't get me wrong, but I'm talking about responsibilities to your children and to your home first. It's the most important thing. It is the parent's responsibility. In the world that we live in, the pace of life is so fast that parents don't have time for children or the responsibility that comes with them. So we find some way to pay for a monitoring service for our children while we achieve the quote-unquote most important things in life. Parents, we are so far removed from Yahweh's Word that we can't expect our children to be obedient because we leave them for the world to raise. Our children are worldly because we have let the world train them. We've, We've left them 
and the world raises them. They listen to social media more than they listen to you. Because you have allowed that to be the babysitter in your home. I go to a restaurant and I see kids sitting at the dinner table with an iPad or an iPod or a cell phone in front of them because that's the babysitter. That's the babysitter. We don't want to deal with them. We just want to have a good conversation with our buddies right here. Give her the phone and shut her up. That's ridiculous. When we drive down the road, kids are watching TV in the back of the car. They don't know where they're going, where they've been. They can't learn anything like that. They're watching TV. You know why? Because mama don't want to listen to them talk. They don't want to listen to them scream. They don't want to educate them in the fact. We just give them a, give them a TV, give them a computer, and that's the babysitter. You let, you let a computer raise your children. We're losing them. We're losing them. They listen to social media more than they listen to you. You've allowed that to be the babysitter in your home. Instead of turning to the Scriptures for guidance and answers to problems, we YouTube it. We look at, we look at YouTube. There's our answer. So why are children disobedient? Because we, as parents, are disobedient. We expect something good out of something that's bad. When the home malfunctions, the product will do the exact same. When the mother and father malfunction, the child will malfunction as well. I read a quote from a teenager who wrote a letter to the U.S. News and the World Report. And this is what the teenager wrote. And I quote, The economy is shot. The family unit is in trouble. Respect for authority is a joke. For the right price, you can buy yourself a senator or a judge. Or he's out buying himself a 16-year-old for a couple of hours. Money is worthless. and You're worthless without it. Stop worrying about why your son needs a drink before he can face his morning classes. Or why your daughter went out and got pregnant. Just help them cope with the reality of life before throwing us into categories. Just remember that we have to run this joint in about 30 years when you die off or retire or starve on your Social Security. I leave it up to you. Either give us a little help in understanding or put this world out of its misery and send up missiles and hope Mother Nature has better luck with the next thing that crawls up out of this slime. End of quote. A teenager wrote that. I don't know that I agree with everything he said, but it's sad. It's sad that a child can think like that. It's terrible when even the children recognize the lack of organization within the world that they live in. The lack of parenting, the lack of guidance, the lack of instruction. Well, at least for this person, they're asking for help. They're asking for help. Folks, we are the source of our own destruction. Parents, not all, but most, have not planted well, and therefore we will not reap well. Okay, There is an old Chinese proverb that goes like this. One generation plants the trees and another generation gets the shade. I asked you today, what are you planting? I'm afraid that for the most of the world as we know it, we are all sowing briars. Need I tell you what a rabbit dog looks like after he runs rabbits all day long through the briars? It's not a pretty sight. If we sow that, that's what we'll reap. We are raising the next generation always. Grandparents. You are raising the next grandparents. Guide wisely. Parents. You are raising the next parents. Guide wisely. What we instill in our children will be what they instill in their children. We need to plant some shade trees for our children and our grandchild, our grandchildren, not briars. So how do we do that? I think this is the answer. I've had some discussion 
this last week some, with some friends of mine. And uh, I'm not a political person at all. I don't like politics whatsoever. Uh, don't like to talk about them, but undoubtedly it comes up. And so I entertain the thought. But we talked about, um, uh, with a friend of mine, we talked about why the world was kind of chaotic and how children are not the way that they were when we were kids and we're not the way that our grandparents were and things like that. And it seems like the world just constantly is uh, disintegrating, so to speak, you know, out in front of our face. And, and, um, and I think that this is the answer. I think this is the problem. The standard by which everybody goes by is not the same. So there's constant confusion. Nobody, nobody looks at the same standard. And the farther we get back to the biblical days... The Bible was the standard. So I think this is the answer. This is the answer to fix what what's going on. Or this is what the answer is for at least a Christian home. Make your standard and the standard of your home the Word of Yahweh. That's it. That's the answer to the problem. When you look for some answer, you go to this. That's your answer. Whatever it says, you go with it. Your children... You, your, everything that happens in your home, when we got a question, when we want to know how to do something in life, when we have a question about life problems, we go to this book and we'll have the same answer. Everybody will have the same opinion because this is the authority by which we run our home. If you'll make that the standard of your home and of your life, I believe it'll fix it. This is the answer to the problem. We probably can't fix what's already been lost, but we can educate for the future. That if that is, if we will, the problem is that most people, society as a whole, admits that humanity is in the dump. You talk to anybody out over the age of twenty years old, twenty two, twenty five years old. You get up into adult, not the millennials. I'm talking about adult people. You ask them about the world, and all of them will tell you the world is falling apart. Everybody will look at it and say it's just you know kids have no respect for authority. They don't they don't do things right. This that and the other. If you ask anybody, all right, we all recognize that that there are no morals that they amount to any. They don't amount to anything, or at least the morals don't. Anything goes for crying out loud. You don't even have to be a male or a female until you get to a certain age to make your own decision, and then you can figure out how you want to identify yourself. Men can be women and vice versa. Children can do whatever they want with no, with no repercussions. Homosexuality is an all-time high. Uh, divorce and broken homes are at an all-time high. Murder is at an all-time high. And the society as we know it is crumbling right in front of our face. Life as we know it and life as our children know it has become a big tweet or an Instagram message. That's what life is. So life as we know it is, is a fast-paced joke, or at least it is to me. And almost anyone with any morals that you talk to knows this. But at the same time, they completely reject or don't have time for the standard of Scripture. They don't have time for the Bible. We're not willing to submit ourselves to the standard that establishes us. And so we throw it out along with the hope for our children. It's so sad. So what's the solution again? Make your standard and the standard of your home the Word of Yahweh. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 6 through 7, it says, These words that I'm giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. When you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up, when you sit in your home, okay? 
These words that Moses was referring to is the law of Yahweh and the standard that you must make your standard and the standard of your home. If you are wondering why children are disobedient, ask yourself, parents, are you obedient? Do you do this? Have you been talking about the Bible while you're sitting in your home? Or have you been watching the ball game while your kids are arguing in the bedroom with one another and you're too lazy to get up and go back there and fix it, to straighten them out, to show them what they need to do, to educate them? When you walk along the road, signifies your daily activities. Do you educate your children in the Word of Scripture on a daily basis? I don't. I'm not saying that I do these things. I'm asking you as a parent to parent, do you, do you, do you educate your children in the Word of Scripture on a daily basis? Or do you let someone else do that while you chase your dreams and make your money? When you get home at night, do you then continually tell your children, no, 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 quit, stop, y'all stop, leave that alone? Do you continually tell your children that until you can't take it anymore and you blow your top and you start screaming at them and they still don't listen to you? Well, if so, then shame on you. You've let someone else raise them all day long while you're out concerning yourself with what's most important to you. When you lie down at night, when you get up, do you teach your children how to pray? Or for that matter, do you pray? Do you pray yourself? Or are you in a hurry to get your kids fed and get them off to bed so you can get a little peace and quiet? Is that what you want to do? Let's get them into bed by 8. Mom and Dad needs a little peace and quiet. After all, it's been a long day at work. You need some time to relax. Your favorite show's coming on. You need to see what everybody's been posting on Facebook. Poor parent, life is so hard. It's just terrible, isn't it? If I've just labeled you, shame on you. Believe me, I'm not just preaching to you. Shame on me. I have deprived my children for many years of what should have been given to them. A spiritual father that cared about their understanding of the biblical standard of the Bible. That's what I owed them. And that's what you owe your children. Men, when your children grow up and you pick a spouse that's not a biblical person, ask yourself, what was their example? What kind of example did I give my child? When they go out to seek a mate for the rest of their life, they're going to choose somebody that's, that like the example they had. So you ask yourself, what example did I leave for my children? Mothers, you do the same thing. Were you the virtuous woman? Were you the virtuous woman? When your sons grow up and they go look for a woman, are they going to look for a woman like you? Make sure that the example you leave is a good one. It's like asking my granddaughter to build me a house and never giving her the tools or the education to do so. It will never work. We expect our children to be children of Yahweh, to walk in His ways, to keep His commands, to have good morals, to lead churches, to lead communities, to lead countries. But we never equip them for the task, ever. I guess they can Google it if they need to. My goodness, what a mess. Parents, wake up. Wake up. We're older now. I'm older. My kids are grown, but I've got grandchildren, and I can help with them. I can still educate my children in the way to raise their children. Young people in here are having children, are going to have children. Think about what I'm telling you. Think about what I'm telling you. Life's not all it's made out to be. You can achieve the world, and it won't do you a bit of good. It won't do you a bit of good to lose your children. To lose your children to a world that's no good for them. 
Pay attention to your children and supply them with the guidance that they need. Okay? To follow the standard given in the new, in, in the Bible. And children, obey your parents. It's the parents' job to lead and guide, but it is your job to submit to both of them. This means when they speak, you do. No back talk, no size, just obedience. That's all it takes. Even if you think you know more than them or they're doing it wrong or might not have everything figured out, you just submit and you be obedient for this is right. Let's look at verse 2 and following. It says, Honor your mother and your father, or honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live a long life in the land. Folks, we've been talking about obedience for a child and the part that a parent plays in the education, the introduction, and a child's life. Okay, And while it's important for them to obey and listen to your words, it is also important that they honor you in your instruction. Along with submitting to your words, they should find joy in the submission. I think about when our Heavenly Father disciplines us, how we're not to reject the discipline, but to be glad in it. When Yahweh, when Yahweh whips us, we ought to be thankful that He whips us. Nobody likes a whipping, but we all need them from time to time. That's just the way it is. And when we get, when, and when we get them, don't rebel, but be glad that we've been corrected. Be glad that we have a Father who loves us enough to chasten us and put us back on the right path. I'm reminded of Isaiah in I'm, I'm reminded of when Isaiah is correcting the people of Israel in Isaiah chapter 58, verses 13 and 14. Yeah. Yahweh's been rebuking them for keeping the Day of Atonement wrong. And he says this, he says, If you keep from desecrating the Sabbath, he's speaking of the Day of Atonement in text, okay, in context. If you keep from desecrating the Sabbath, from doing whatever you want on my holy day, if you call my Sabbath a delight and the holy day of Yahweh honorable, if you honor it, not going your own way, seeking your own pleasures, or talking too much, then you will delight yourself in Yahweh, and I will make you ride over the heights of the land and let you enjoy the heritage of your father Jacob, for the mouth of Yahweh is spoken. See, it's not just about the obedience. It's about delight, delighting in the obedience. <clears throat> when you call the Sabbath day a delight and the holy day of Yahweh honorable, then He'll bless you. When you're glad to keep the Sabbath, then He'll bless you. And it's no different with our children today. We're to to as instruct as parents. They are to obey as children and be glad in doing so. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 8. It says this. It says, Listen, my son, to your father's instructions and don't reject your mother's teaching for they will be a garland of grace on your head and a gold chain around your neck. Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 1. He follows that up with... With this, he says, My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, listening closely to wisdom and directing your heart to understanding, furthermore, if you call out to insight and lift your voice to understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it like hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of Yahweh and discover the knowledge of Elohim. And so on and so on. The book of Proverbs is full of teachings, instructions that result in joy from it. This is a fine book to read to your children and instruct them from, along with all the rest of the books in the Bible. They're all educational, but the book of Proverbs is great when dealing with children. It's basic. So, 
So not only do we teach them to obey, but we also honor they we also teach them to honor the instruction. Honor carries with it a couple different meanings. Not only does it mean to appreciate your parents, respect them and give them honor because they're your parents. It also means to care for them, to provide for them, and honor their life in as much as they have sacrificed for you and labored in your existence and in your upbringing. If we, are, if we as children realize the significance of the parental role, then we can appreciate what they have sacrificed for us. Okay? With this, expe- with this appreciation, in turn, we will show them honor by giving them provisions as they grow old. As our parents get older, we give the provisions as they grow old upon the land. For the first 20 years of a person's life, the parent provides and he cares for the child. That's usually about the way it works, and I'm just guessing around 20 years, maybe some... 30 years, you can't get them out of the house, and then maybe some, you know, 16 years, they're in a hurry to get out. That's okay. That's okay. So we, for the first 20 years, the parent does that. As parents, you feed them, you clothe them, you teach them, you guide them, you make sure that they're not sick, and they're always provided for, or at least their needs are provided for as children. That is our duty as a parent. That's not a problem. That's not a burden. It's what we're commanded to do, and it's an honor to have little ones entrusted to you by our Heavenly Father. So we're thankful for those for those roles that we serve as parents. Okay? However, as we grow old, the roles flip. Okay? And what our parents once did for us, now we have to do it for them. When people become elderly, they are in need okay, of care, just as we were when we were children. They need someone to make sure that their health is in check, right? They need to make sure it's maintained. Make sure that they have food to eat and their clothes don't wear out and that they have a roof over their head. Yeah. Right? They may need guidance to... If they start to slip in their mind, maybe they start to get a little senile, can't remember to pay their bills or take their medicine, things like that. They may need that kind of guidance, and that's our job as children when our parents get older. They may need their children to make some decisions for them to guide them in certain affairs in life, you know, whether it be uh, you know, legal affairs, things like that. It's our job as children to provide these needs to the ones that once provided our needs when we were young. Folks, children, it should be an honor to do so. I was talking to uh, Matthew's mom, Miss Jansen, the other day at a Jasper Jam, and uh, she was telling me about staying with her daddy, Matthew's granddaddy, for the last few weeks of his life. And she made the comment, or he made the comment to her, that it must be trouble for someone to have to sit there with him. And she told me that she told him it's no trouble at all because she considered it an honor to be able to take care of her father. Guys, this is keeping the fifth commandment. At its finest. Do you know why she keeps the fifth commandment? Because her father kept Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 7. The reason that she knows to honor her mother and her father is because her dad taught her the commands. Taught her the commands. Repeat these words to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your houses. When you walk along the road. When you rise up. And when you lie down. Undoubtedly, he did this as a father, and therefore his child knew how to do this when she was old. See, folks, Matthew's grandpa planted a good tree, and he got to reap some of the shade of it. And likewise, Matthew's mom has planted a good tree, and she'll likewise probably reap some of the shade of it. And, you know, through Matthew. This is a recipe for an everlasting welfare. We're interested in welfare? There's welfare right there. You want to invest in something? Invest in your offspring. That's your welfare. 
Not one provided by some, some governmental entity, a real welfare. This is a welfare that Yahweh designed and instituted for the good of all mankind, and it is flawless. Proverbs 22 and verse 6, this is the first verse I ever learned in the Bible. What a wild verse to learn, but the first verse I ever learned in the Bible. My mom highlighted it in my little King James Bible when I was a kid. It says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. Okay? Parents, it is our job to raise our children to not be obedient. I mean, to children to not only be obedient, but also to honor us as elderly people. If we do this at an early age, they'll reap the benefits as well as the generations to come. The promises from Yahweh. This is not a promise that I'm making to somebody. This is Yahweh's promise. You do this, you'll reap the benefits, okay? Remember verse 3 in Ephesians chapter 6, it says, That it may go well with you and that you may live long life in the land. Who reaps the benefit in the verse? The one who's obedient and shows honor, right? The one who, the one who instructs? Nope, not the one who instructs. He's not the recipient, but the one who is obedient to show honor. He's the one that reaps the benefits. Children, these are your blessings. Children, these are your blessings. You do this so you will live long, a long life in the land. Now, there are two ways to look at this that I know of. One of them is this. If you honor your parents, to what, two ways to understand this verse anyway. One is this. If you honor your parents, you won't fall into corruption and you won't curse your mother or your father. And for that reason, you won't be put to death. I'm talking about a physical death when Moses gives the command in Exodus uh, he, I, I think there's, an op, there's, there's, there's a possibility that he's talking about a physical death. If you honor your mother and your father, you will live long upon the land for this reason. If you curse your mother and your father, you'll be put to death. In Exodus chapter 21, in verse 15, and then in verse 17, it says, Whoever strikes or curses his father or mother must be put to death. Okay? Well, that ought to make some people wake up. Capital punishment on children. Who curses or strikes their parents? What if, the law, what if that law was carried out today? What if we kept that one? Mm-hmm. I doubt we'd see the disobedience in society that we see today, along with the lack of respect for the disrespect for the elderly. Yes. Young people, Yahweh is serious about the honor of a parent. Very serious. Yeshua teaches the same thing in Matthew chapter 15 and verse 4. Parents are to be honored and highly regarded. Anyone who does not do this must be put to death. And in this way, your stay here is very short. So, that's one way to understand verse 3 in Ephesians chapter 6. If we honor our parents and obey them, the promise is that you won't be put to death by the governing officials for the cursing or striking of them in disobedience. But another way to look at this is that as we give honor to our parents, we will be the examples to our own children. If our example holds true in the care of given of our parents as they age and are cared for, then possibly our example set in place will be carried out in our own welfare of our own children. In other words, if I care for my parents as they age, my children will see my example and likewise will do the same for me as I age and need assistance. Therefore, I will live long upon the land because I've passed that on to my children. Either way, you understand this verse, it's a blessing and a good understanding of the obedience required as children. So young people and older people, honor your parents as it pertains to respect and to the well-being of your parents. I tell my children 
I at least want to have them change one of my diapers. I want them to at least have to do that, and I hope it is a dirty one. But seriously, honor your parents because it's right, and because it'll go well with you such that you'll live long life upon the land. Let's look at verse 4. It says, And fathers, don't stir up anger in your children, but bring them up in training and instruction of Yahweh. Okay, fathers, this is for you. Parents, this is for you. I struggle with this one bad. At least the part where it says, don't stir up anger in your children. I struggle with that part. I've been talking this whole time about how we don't do it right. How we miss the boat. How we're negligent raising our children. I don't want it to all be negative, so I will say this. Parents, those of you who do work hard at this and do teach your children the Bible, you know, blessings will come your way because that's what we're supposed to do. Either way, what is the right way to raise our kids? It's real simple. When they arrive at your door or when you get them from the hospital and you get started and you first bring them home and you have no idea what to do, you just... You got all those baby packages sitting over there that you got at all the baby showers, and you just go over there and get the newborn pack of diapers that says N on it, and you open it up, and right there in the top, there's a manual that tells you how to raise your children. You just read it, everything goes fine from there. I'm just lying. It doesn't work like that, or at least there weren't any instructions on my diaper pack. And we didn't have any YouTube back then, so we just had to raise them. So, um, Anyway, uh, the truth is, all kids are different. Every family is different. Every expectation is different as it pertains to each individual. Okay, So there's no one way that has to be followed in order for a child to grow up. However, there is one final product that needs to be achieved at the end. And there are some tools that we can use in effort to achieve that final product. It looks like this. That's what it looks like. I have raised five daughters in my life, and I've made a lot of mistakes. I missed a lot of key instruction points, and I made some bad calls along the way. But I've also got some things right. After looking back at my children, I see, and I am seeing, where I failed. I think that there are two things that are critical about raising children that everyone should know, and this is just from Brother TJ. Okay, I'm not saying that I've got more experience than other people in here, but I have, I do have experience. Okay, number one is this, and if you don't remember anything else, I say this whole time. Remember this: teach your children about Yahweh and His commandments all the time, all the time, when they wake up and when they lay down. When you go along the road and when you sit in your house, you teach your children about Yahweh and don't ever stop. If you ever get a chance to talk to them about Yahweh and His commands, fill them full of it. Keep it coming. Don't stop. I don't care if they don't like it. I don't care if they get tired. I don't care if they want to go to the movies. Make them late. Make them late. Tell them about Yahweh. Teach them about His commands. Never cease to teach them about His commands. Don't forget to teach them about His expectations. Teach them about His love. Teach them about His mercy. And teach them about His goodness. That's number one. And it's most important. Number two, demand that they obey Yahweh's command. Demand that they do it. And punish them physically when they don't. Okay? Now, I know that the world we live in today would not promote the physical punishment. Okay? And that might not sit well with some of the people in here. I'm not sure. But it's biblical. 
And it works. Because Yahweh designed us, and He knows what works on us. Yahweh says to punish disobedient children with a rod of correction. And Paul says here in verse 4, to bring them up in the training and the instruction of, of the Lord. Yeah. That settles it for me. I don't need any more explanations. That's good enough. Now you might say, shouldn't we motivate through a positive reward program, system, something like that? Sure, I think that's exactly what we should do. As a matter of fact, the only response to the command in Ephesians is positive. If you honor and obey, you will live a long life. Okay, That's positive. I believe that's pretty positive. Positive reinforcement. Yahweh rewards us positively all the time for obedience, doesn't He? I believe that He does. He shows us blessings and showers us with blessings over and over and over constantly. In the first 14 verses in Deuteronomy chapter 28, we're told of all the blessings we'll receive for the obedience. Go home and read it sometime. Tons of blessings. The blessings for obedience are amazing. That's positive reinforcement. However, He punishes us for disobedience, doesn't He? He's the perfect Father. Check out the entire rest of Deuteronomy chapter 28 after you read those first 14 verses and you'll see what He does when you disobey. Obedience leads to positive blessings and disobedience leads to negative curses. Appropriate responses to the conduct. So punishment for disobedient conduct from our children is necessary. When I say conduct, I mean what they do, what they say, their attitudes that they have while they do and while they say it. Kim and I generally, as corporately we did this, uh, we, we generally tried to discipline at the first point of attitude. And usually the act never occurred. We could usually stop it right there. However, sometimes it still does. Kids are hard-headed. I was hard-headed. My kids were hard-headed. It still does. But Yahweh has a solution for the disobedient child, and it's simply this. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 13, it says, Wisdom is found on the lips of the discerning, but a rod... Is for the back of the one who likes sense. Okay? Now you say, are you sure that's what that means? I'm pretty sure that's exactly what it means. I've never seen a rod correct anybody that wasn't swung. It just won't work. It just won't work. As a matter of fact, Yahweh even tells you where to use it. He doesn't say on the top. He doesn't say on the head. He said on the back. And it's funny to me that we are built with plenty of padding back there. For that rod to hit. I'm pretty sure Yahweh had this figured out when He did it. So, what about uh, what about Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 24? It says, The one who will not use the rod hates his son, but the one who loves him disciplines him diligently. Yes. Folks, this is Bible. I'm not making this stuff up. You can read it. Go look at it. Spare the rod, spoil the child. Let me tell you something. I believe my daddy loved me more than my brother and my sister. I got three to one every whipping that they did. I was the most loved child in the house. He says, if you love him, you'll correct him. That's what Yahweh says. If you love your child, you'll correct him. You're a derelict father if you let him get away with something. You need to correct him. I'm not saying you can't have mercy on somebody. When your children do something wrong, they need to be stopped. They need to be stopped. The derelict father lets his child go unpunished. And in this way, he shows his hate and his lack of concern for the welfare of his child. He doesn't love them. He doesn't love them. It's easy to sit on the couch while your kid's right on the wall. Come on, man. Get up. Get up. Don't tell them to stop doing something. Stop doing that. Hey, quit doing that. Quit doing that. You can't do that. Hit them with something. They'll stop. You say stop. Pow. That's it. That's the second move. They'll stop. 
Yahweh says, hit them in the back, right there. Put the rod on their back. So, Man, the derelict father, he does that though. He lets it go unpunished. And in this way, he shows his hate. His lack of a concern for his child. Don't this make you want to go home and whip your kids right now? I'm going to go by my kids' house on the way home and whip both of them. There's blessings in this right here. They'll know I love them when I leave. My daddy loved me. Whip me on the way home. Proverbs 19 and verse 18, it says, Discipline your son while there's still hope. Yes. Do you know that there comes a time when whippings will lose their effectiveness? Yes. I think it's somewhere around the age of 25. So, you know, my kids better watch out. So, even when they think they're grown, make sure you still get them good every now and then. But seriously, if you don't correct your child at an early age, one day it'll be too late. One day it'll be too late. Take care of them while they're still young and trainable. Look, folks. Proverbs 22.15 says, Foolishness is bound up in the heart of the child. But the rod of discipline, it'll drive it far from him. Children can't help it. They're born of sinful flesh. They're born of sinful parents. What what person, any parent in here can raise their hand, had to bring their child home and at about a year and a half old had to say, let me show you what wrong looks like because you probably will never know if I don't introduce you to it. You don't have to do that to a child. They climb up the steps. You don't have to teach them to do that. You tell them to get off the steps. You didn't say go over there and climb on it. They They pull wires out of light sockets. You didn't have to teach them to do that. You have to teach them not to do it. They talk back. You don't teach them... Hey, when I say this, when I say no to you, you say, uh-uh. You know, you don't teach them to do that kind of stuff. They naturally know how to do that. It's because they're born of sinful flesh. Like David said, he was born, he was sinful in the womb. Not that David had done anything wrong, but he was made of sinful flesh. And our children are the same way. If you don't correct them at an early age, if you don't, if you don't fix all that, they just grow up to be heathens. It's bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of correction will send it far from them. Brothers and sisters, discipline is not a suggestion on how to raise a child. It's a command for us to do so. It's our job. It's, our, it's not just a right. It's our job. We're, we're expected to do so. It's very important that we use the methods that Yahweh has provided for us to correct our children. He built the children. You think He knows how to make them mine? Sure He does. I don't need some psychologist tell me how to raise my kid. I got this. That's the psychologist. He's the greatest one in the world. Now, with that being said, I want to touch on one more thing and then I'll close. <clears throat> While Paul is instructing us on training and teaching our children back in Ephesians, he also warns us, fathers, not to stir up anger in them in verse 4. What does that mean? In some Bibles, it says not to exasperate your child, not to exasperate your children. In other words, don't drive them to confusion or rebellion. Don't stay on them so hard that you cause them to rebel but rather discipline with love and concern for their well-being. I think a lot of times, I know for me, for sure, that was not the case. I got tired of hearing something and I whipped them. So that's just what I did. And I'm not saying that's all wrong all the time, but sometimes you can whip out of just being fed up with somebody. Or you can just tired of listening. You had a bad day at work, next thing you know somebody gets a whipping on account of it because you weren't, you weren't very patient with a child. When we discipline our children... We should have their best interest in mind. It should be educational, productive, and our child should be edified from it. Okay? We should discipline out of, we should never discipline out of aggravation or hate, but rather love with the expectancy of righteous results. We should see good results out of that. It should be our motive that our children obey us in the Lord and they honor us because we are righteous examples. 
Same way that a woman should submit to her husband because he's a righteous example, the child should submit to their parents and honor them because they're righteous examples. You can actually, I, I appreciate now, I mean, I'm nearly 40 years old. I really appreciate my dad whipping me now, but I hated it when I was a kid, you know, just like any other kid. But, uh, but, I, but I honor my dad because of that. I'm really thankful that my father took the time to wear me out multiple, multiple, multiple times, a lot of times in the same day. He took the time to do that because I was hard-headed. My dad could have been lazy, and I'd be in a prison somewhere right now. But he wasn't. He was not lazy. I assure you that man was not lazy. He, he got me good. And you know what? I don't do those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Yahweh had, has had grace on, and mercy on me, and he's, he's kept me from getting in trouble and things like that. But he used my father to shed a lot of that grace on me, and he straightened me out. And I'm thankful for it. Mm-hmm. I honor my father because he was diligent to keep the command of, of whipping me and setting me straight. He believed that. He believed that commandment anyway. It's very important to see the difference. If we love our children, then we should desire for them to be children that Yahweh desires for us to be. Don't forget, we're children to Him. We're children to Him. And we're disobedient just like our children are to, are to us. I think He might have given them to us so that we could, we could see what it's like. Always be mindful of this. Yahweh is a merciful Father and that He has been very merciful to us. However, Yahweh is not a derelict Father either. No. Not a derelict Father. <clears throat> and He chastens those whom He loves. He chastens them. And if we love our children, we'll do the same. Amen. Again, with love and concern for their well-being and as an example of how they should also teach and discipline their children as they get older. Never in anger or in exasperation. Never. In closing, I'm, I want to repeat this and I'll leave it with you. Teach your children about Yahweh and His commandments. Always. Don't cease. Teach them about His commandments always. And demand that they obey them. And when they don't, punish them physically, not in anger, but in love. Your children are great assets. Cherish them and raise them correctly. Using the instructions given in the standard of your home. Make this your standard.